0: with a patient who was incredibly highly functioning before being admitted to the hospital and then he was unfortunately diagnosed with a type of lymphoma that was relatively late-stage and then as a complication of that several things happened and ultimately he became not really able to function at the level that he was before he was a lawyer I believe or some high-level accountant or something like that and He was admitted to the hospital, and he was in the hospital. When I rotated onto the service, he was in the hospital. He had been in the hospital for over a month and a half at that point. And kind of every couple weeks, the attendings will switch. A new attending will come on. And so as soon as he kind of came in and basically got the summary, the rundown of, of what the course of this one patient had been, he was like, I mean, what are we really doing for this guy? Is there any point of us kind of keeping him here for this long and just poking and prodding at him with... Every day, drawing blood and, and getting information that isn't really going to help us make him any better, and that really any quality of life that he has is pro in the time that he has left. Because we knew at that point that his prognosis was poor, and any quality of life that he has in that time that's left is going to be found outside of the four walls of the hospital, not in a hospital bed, not stuck in a room without a window, even um, just outside. I mean, and and when you would kind of go in and talk to this patient, like he would he would. Asked to to just be wheeled out into the hall to at the end of the hall his room was like at the end of the hall where right next to it there was this big area with huge glass that you could see outside and he would just be asked to like be rolled over there to sit there whenever we if, if that was ever possible so it was clear that he was getting tired of being in the hospital understandably after being in there for like six weeks or so so it really like resonated with me he really re- recognized that Medicine's great when you can help someone, but a big part of being a physician is recognizing when maybe it's time to kind of slow down and think about what are we trying to accomplish here and really what's best for the patient. Not necessarily what we should be doing to to try and fix them, but seeing that sometimes that isn't always an option and making that obvious to the patient and to their family so that they can make the right decision about where to proceed with things. And so he kind of called a family meeting and he brought in we're all having it, obviously, in the patient's room, so it was the patient was there. He had called around for several family members to make sure that there was a time that worked for all of them, brought them all in, contacted the patient's primary oncologist, his outpatient doctor, to come in and sit in on this meeting, gathered all the residents that were involved in his care, and, and I fortunately got to tag along for the meeting and just kind of join and, and listen in. And kind of sit in and, and and just watching them have that conversation, I think it was a big turning point for me just because that was that was kind of when I realized that whatever work I wanted to do ultimately, so I, I want to go into internal medicine, but whatever if I were to ever subspecialize from that I would want it to be in a field where I actually have to have conversations like that and, and it sounds kind of counterintuitive I guess most people don't want to have that discussion because it is a hard discussion um, and I recognize that it's a difficult skill to have to be able to have that discussion and one that I definitely am not even close to being good at yet but it's something that I, I want to work on and and a lot of that realization came to me during that encounter just because it was really great to see how he navigated that conversation. And I mean, even had a little bit of pushback from the family because it's, as a family, it's not easy to be like, okay, that's fine, we want to you know, let go, we've, we've, we've tried our best. It's really hard to, to kind of come to terms with that realization that you know maybe he's not going to get better and maybe it's what we're doing isn't for, for isn't the best thing for him. And I think you can spare someone a lot of suffering by being honest with them up front about what you as a physician really can give them and what you can't give them. And sometimes you can't give them what they want, which is to leave the exact same way that they came in healthy. Um, Well, not the way they came in, but how they were before they came in, which is healthy. Earlier that year, we had a patient who um, didn't speak English. She she spoke a different language. Um, Just to not be identifying, I won't say what language it was, but... She had, she had lupus um, and had it for several years. We had mentions in the chart of her having it for many, many years before that hospital admission. And the reason she was admitted that one time was as a result of her disease, she needed to get some blood transfusions. Her blood levels were low the unfortunate thing about kind of the language barriers in healthcare is that you know you have you get these little dinky blue phones that are put in the room that you call an interpreter and then the patient picks up one handle and you pick up the other and then you speak to the interpreter and the interpreter tells them what you're saying and it's it's a much much longer conversation and so she was kind of in that weird zone where she understood a little bit of english enough to i think for people to think that they were kind of getting by without using the interpreter phone And so one day we were in there and we were kind of talking to her about the transfusions that she was getting and why she was getting them. But, I mean, it was an English conversation. We weren't really using her language. Um, And so I I just kind of got the feeling that she didn't really... She wasn't really clued into what was going on or why she was there. Like, she, she got that she needed to be there. She got that they were doing something. But it wasn't obvious to me that she knew exactly what was going on. So I kind of... As a med student, you have a lot more free time than everyone else. Everyone else, you know, they have orders to put in and documentation to do and they see much more many more patients than you do so I had a little bit of free time that afternoon and, and kind of went back and, and spoke to her and with the blue phone so I called the interpreter up and was like do you can you tell me a little bit about why you're here uh, and she was like well they told me that my blood levels are low so I need to get a blood transfusion and I was like well do you know why you need to get the blood transfusion and she was like Mm-mm. Well, she was, well, I was like, have you ever had transfusions before? She was like, yeah, every, every once in a while I have to come in and get them. And I was like, well, has anyone ever told you why you have to get so many transfusions and why you keep coming back to the hospital to get them? And she had no idea. And I was like, well, do you? has anyone ever told you that you have lupus? And she's like, mm mm-hmm. I was like, do you know what lupus is? Have you ever heard that mentioned to you before at all? And she was like, no. Uh, and so I had to kind of have that conversation with her of like, you have this disease and in my medical student explanation explained her what it is to the best of my knowledge and then I kind of stepped out of the room and printed out a like an explanation of what lupus is in Spanish Um, up to date one of the websites online has like these great for patients handouts and they had a really good explanation of lupus in Spanish or maybe it was Medscape it was one of those websites but it doesn't matter and gave her that and you know talked to her explained as much as I could and then gave her the handout um, to try and get her understanding more what's going on and, and that was basically the end of that encounter, but it really, again, another encounter that really stuck with me just because I couldn't believe that this lady had been in and out of the hospital so many times and really had no idea why she was there. And I'm sure someone explained to her in English, I'm sure multiple people explained to her in English, or maybe had a conversation with her with the blue phone in Spanish, but it just didn't stick with her for some reason. It's It's the kind of thing that really surprised me, and I just... It, it bothered me a little bit that no one had, to that point, kind of taken you know, a few extra minutes to just have a sit-down conversation with her. And and luckily, towards the end of my conversation with her, the rheumatologist walks in, who's obviously, that's like his area of expertise. So he was able to even explain it to her even more than that. So ultimately, it worked out well. But it was just a kind of situation that made me think that I hope that I'm never in a situation where I let someone walk out knowing so little about what's going on, um, especially when I know what's going on as, as a as a provider. Inside Stories is an oral narratives project that catalogs the stories of medical students during their journeys through medical school. The podcast is hosted on In Training, the online magazine for medical students. Visit us at in-training.org slash inside-stories. Inside Stories is a founding member of Vocalis, the podcast network for medical students. Please listen to our partner podcasts at vocalisnetwork.wix.com listen.